as we as we move along, you know, more people are kind of changing their stance on it as we see how other states and how much other states have generated in you know taxes and been able to help a lot of these bills have the the first you know certain amount of taxes go to schools, go to roads, go to you know different state projects, which you know could always help you know Texas residents in general. Uh, welcome to Higher Law, a cannabis podcast from the Dykema Law Firm. I'm your co-host, Denise Mayfield. I'm a partner at Dykema's Intellectual Property Practice Group. And I'm Antonio Cifuentes, associate at Dykema and a member of the firm's corporate and finance practice group. So for more episodes, you can find us at dykemapodcast.com, youtube.com slash law, or by searching a higher law wherever you get your podcasts. So on today's episode, Antonio and I are, are going to uh, look at a recent article that we published called High Hopes on 420, the current status of cannabis laws in Texas. Right, Antonio? Right, so um, I think before we get started, if we if we could talk about, Denise, what interests you uh, or what made you interested in this in this space, in this cannabis space in Texas? Sure. So my my interest kind of came up from my prior life as a researcher, and I actually did um, studies in animals looking at THC, which is a psychoactive component of marijuana, uh, for many years before coming to the law. So it's finally coming to maturity, don't you think, Antonio? <laughs> Definitely, I think so. <laughs> so how um, did you get interested in the in the space? Definitely. So, I mean, I've uh, always kind of kept an eye on as how, you know, it's kind of interesting the federal versus state um, stance on especially cannabis and how different states have decided to kind of go their own way. Um, I noticed uh, how Texas being such a large state with so much money um, coming through here, how there's, you know, it's almost inevitable that at some point Texas will be you know, open up to more medicinal um, use and definitely recreational use eventually. Um, and that's going to open up the field for, you know, businesses to come in and, um, you know, dispensaries to open up licenses that need to be um, acquired by these dispensaries. You know, everything that comes along with a state opening up its its doors. Um, so I just kind of saw the business potential there and, and I'm interested in, you know, kind of getting in on the ground floor and seeing where it goes. Yeah. Well, I, I think those interests kind of mesh with what I mentioned before, meaning there are a lot of good things uh, that the various components of marijuana can do for people and treating anxiety and a variety of, of pathologies. And as I mentioned before, that's been kind of my thrust. So let's talk about what happened in the legislative session. I'm going to let you jump into that first, if you wouldn't, Antonio. Sure, definitely. So, uh, just to touch on our on our uh, previous post, um, you know, kind of blog that we posted, uh, kind of funny enough on on four twenty of this year. Uh, so, Texas in general has had a very long history with uh, with cannabis and legalization. Um, you know, El Paso, Texas, which is where I uh, grew up, was the first city in the country to make it illegal to own any um, 
uh, or to uh, possess any marijuana. Um, and throughout the years, uh, Texas has remained very strict uh, in those um, in in that aspect. Uh, statewide, it's still illegal. Uh, any uh, amount um, outside of you know Delta Nine or CBD products, which we can maybe speak of uh, later on. But in general terms, there's no um, there's no amount that the state allows you to have. Uh, different uh, kind of major cities: uh, Dallas, uh, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, El Paso uh, have come out with you know local municipal and other initiatives, kind of having like a, a catch and, you know, and destroy and release. You know, a police officer will pull you over, find you have marijuana on you. And either throw it away or they give you a citation, um, depending on how much it is, you know, uh, it's, it's not an egregious amount. Um, so there's definitely, you know, public sentiment in the state of Texas is definitely leaning towards a more open um, uh, cannabis space. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as you as you brought up this this latest legislative session, we had a, uh, a House bill. Uh, 1805, um, which was introduced uh, to the uh, House of Representatives. Um, it was seeking to increase uh, the amount that somebody with a medicinal uh, uh, reason need. to have, yeah, yeah the, with a medicinal need uh, to have the amount. So it went from, right now it's 1% by weight of THC that somebody can have. Which is about uh, one gram per dose, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, and right now, there or the bill was trying to increase it to ten milligrams per dosage unit. So they are trying to expand the definition of low THC cannabis, um, so that it includes you know any chronic pain that a doctor would otherwise prescribe an opioid, and a debilitating medical condition designated by the Department of State Health Services. Um, now, unfortunately, um, this did not make it past the. Uh, well, it made it past the House, but it did not pass the Senate, um, where, where, where it died. Um, however, it did pass the House with kind of by an overwhelming majority, 127 votes, uh, four and 19 against. Um, and it just went, it went to the Senate and kind of died in the Senate, unfortunately. It's kind of interesting. Um, Antonio and I were chatting about how when the expansion of uh, eligible conditions for which marijuana could be prescribed was changed back in 2021. So it expanded the conditions that you could use um, THC products for to, to include uh, cancers, multiple sclerosis, post-traumatic stress disorder, and what have you. And what was really interesting is that it went through the House and Senate through different committees. And lo and behold, it, it was enacted into law, but this most recent round, it wasn't enacted into law, and it went to different committees in the Senate. So you kind of wonder about that when it was basically to do the same thing, expand it to more conditions. So, what do you think about that, Antonio? So the original expansion uh, of the Compassionate Use Act, which was in 2021, um, you know, the bill was also introduced in the House of Representatives. It was. Uh, it went through the public health committee. Uh, it passed, 
and then it moved over to the Senate where it was referred to the State Affairs Committee. Um, and then there they went through um, a few votes. Um, the, the, the bill was amended, went back to the to the House, uh, but it was ultimately it ultimately passed. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, in the House Public Health Committee and in the Senate, the uh, State Affairs Committee. Now, this latest bill um, yeah, very started positive. in the House. Yeah, very positive. Yeah. Right. And so this yeah. this latest bill passed the House uh, also, you know, with uh, flying colors, if you will, uh, by overwhelming majority. Um, and then it was referred to the Senate, to the Health and Human Services uh, Committee in the Senate, a different committee. Um, and then from there, they kind of punted it over to the Water, Agriculture and Rural Affairs Committee, um, which another a different committee and you know from i guess not truly looking up what the what that committee uh handles it seems to be um you know that they're not they were punting it to those different committees to to you know politically motivated so that it wouldn't pass or or something like that but uh, definitely strange the the committees that it went to yeah i'll i'll be fair and say maybe found less favor than it did the 2021 proposals that did go through. And to me, that's really interesting because it's now come to be more of a political football than really a, a question of um, public health and um, placing Texas in the forefront in terms of uh, business opportunities in this space. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, agreed. I mean, uh, I think, um, you know, opening opening the doors. Um, you know, albeit incrementally. You know, expanding the definition of low THC. Um, you know, moving to you know include more uh, medical uses. Um, all of these kind of steps definitely open the door for uh, definitely for business. Uh, but you know, in general, the um, you know according to a study made by the University of Houston. Uh, 82% of Texas voters, uh, an overwhelming majority, support uh, the medical use of marijuana, uh, and 67% of voters are in favor of, you know, recreational, you know, opening the doors uh, use in Texas. So, um, you know, definitely, public sentiment is definitely on the side of opening the doors, um, at least a little more uh, for, you know, in the exactly. medical space. Exactly. And in 2021, we did see some forward movement and every single legislative session that has happened since then has included a bill that has proposed some kind of expansion of the conditions that it would be used for, as well as um, the particular fines and other issues that arise if you get caught uh, with amounts that are above what right now the uh, Texas law allows you to have and possibly even put you in jail. So it's still a criminal, it's still a criminal offense uh, to have marijuana or a product with THC above, what is it, 0.3%, isn't that right, Antonio? That's correct, yeah, 0.3% is what, you know, the Delta 9, uh, uh, I guess, uh, cannabis has. Um, that's, I mean, they sell that at uh, right. convenience stores. Um, you know, they sell that kind of everywhere. Uh, but yep. right now, yeah, it's 0.3% THC that is allowed to be in anything that you buy. And that's, 
currently right now. I think you just have to be over um, 18 or 21 um, and you can, and you can purchase those products. Yeah. So I guess we have to look forward to the next legislative session in 2025. I think it was January, 2025. Um, I, my thought is there, there will be more bills proposed along these same lines, perhaps including the same expansion of uh, medical conditions uh, to be approved for medicinal use of marijuana at the 10 milligram per dose rate, which is what many other states in the United States have as their medicinal THC limit. And we can become more consistent with what other states are doing right now and be able to then compete in the business, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's, you know, at this point, there's very big players in the industries uh, that um, are always kind of keeping an eye on, you know, a big state like Texas. Um, you know, once the the laws kind of ease up and kind of catch up to kind of the, the general census is in the nation and, and in Texas in particular, um, you know, we'll definitely invite plenty, plenty of businesses to grow within the state. You know. There's plenty of people in the state that are kind of waiting around to see, you know, once these lawsies up, you know, they can open up a dispensary. They can, you know, have a, a grow operation. You know, Texas is known for its farming. Right. Um, On that point, Antonio, yeah, I was going to mention that uh, just because, you know, the Texas legislator didn't pass this past um, proposed bill doesn't mean that people are sitting on their hands. And in fact, in Austin, um, the a third approved grow facility obtained a license. It doesn't sound like very many, but it was progress because before they were only two. So now there are three, at least in Austin. It's a grueling process and very expensive, but we're making movement. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And the you know, as we as we move along, you know, more people um, are kind of changing their stance on it as we see how other states and how much. Other states have generated in, you know, taxes and been able to help. Um, a lot of these bills have the the first, uh, you know, certain amount of taxes go to schools, go to roads, go to you know different state projects, um, which you know could always help, um, you know, Texas residents uh, in general. Absolutely. So it's a matter also of, of taking care of our own population here in Texas and letting them have access to the same sorts of therapeutic and other agents that residents of other states have. To me, that's really important. Well, Antonio, I, I really don't have a whole lot more to say. We just got to wait and see and continue to push it forward. Thoughts? Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, it was a little unfortunate what happened uh, this, this uh, last legislative session, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, hopefully good, a lot of, uh, publicity, uh, a lot of yeah. uh, residents of the state kind of, you know, realizing the potential that there is here. Um, so I think it's always a good, you know, step in the right direction. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, Texas is such a big agricultural state. Uh, I, I think that tells us it could be a huge, uh, a huge boon to the Texas economy if, if that move forward, don't you think? Definitely. That's it for us today. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find us at dicamapodcast.com, youtube.com, backslash dicamalaw, or by searching a higher law 
wherever you get your podcast. My name is Denise Mayfield. And I'm Antonio Cifuentes. And we look forward to seeing you next time on A Higher Law.